You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Heavenly Father, as we're gathered this evening in your name, we certainly pray that you would be in the midst of us during this time at the turn of a new year when that comes along with so many hopes and so many expectations. Pray that you would be our, our rock and our stronghold, our shepherd and our guide tonight and always. And I pray, most gracious God, at this time that not my word, but ultimately that your living word would go forth take root in our hearts as that good news is made known to us. These things I ask and ourselves we offer in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. It's uh, great to be with y'all. New Year's Eve as we begin, or I guess as we're about to begin uh, a new year during this season. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but one of the things I often think about as we think about uh, the, the Christmas season and, and the lessons that go along with the Christmas season uh, is the mix of emotions um, that are there as we, as we look at the text, as we reflect um, on the text. If you think about it, there's, there, there's so much um, going on there, and we certainly see it in the portion we read just a moment ago from Matthew's Gospel, this news which came um, to Mary, this news which came to Joseph, which uh, in some ways would be um, a blessing and well-received, but if we put ourselves uh, in their shoes, uh, initially it would be very alarming, uh, and it would be very um, unsettling. Uh, Joseph, um, it's all right. Uh, this child that, that Mary's with, I know you have these plans now, uh, planning um, to divorce her, but this child um, that Mary has um, comes from God, uh, and not uh, just comes from God, but he is actually uh, the fulfillment of God's promises, the fulfillment which God made, that he would come and not only dwell with his people, but that he would come and deliver his people. He will be Emmanuel, um, God with us. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Uh, you're to give him this name Jesus because he will save um, the people from their sins. And and I don't know about y'all, but as I, as I think about this, as I say, there, there's so many thoughts and emotions that, that run into this, and I guess that's so often true uh, of the holiday season. Um, anyway, we have big expectations for what um, it will look like or what we hope it'll look like, and then sometimes the reality uh, of that season is very different uh, from what we had hoped for uh, and anticipated. Uh, and we see that God comes in um, to the world to rescue and to save his people in a most surprising way. Uh, this good news um, breaks in in a way which is, yes, um, life-changing uh, and hope-giving and profoundly um, something that brings profound change in the world, and yet initially um, it is surprising in the way in which it comes forth. I want to I share two brief stories with you as we reflect on part of what I think is at the heart of the gospel message and part of what I hope to express this evening. I mentioned over Christmas and over the holidays, a lot of times you know, we go to different gatherings and see people that we might not see often. And as a clergyman, um, I find that there's nothing like a couple of drinks for people to tell you what they think um, about you um, or about God or, or about the church. They suddenly feel um, 
very free, and it's a great opportunity for them to unburden themselves. Um, and uh, share a couple of stories. One actually uh, was not one. It happened um, to uh, our previous dean, Frank Limehouse, tells the story. And, and um, it, it's perfect that it happened to, to Frank. He was talking with this guy, and it was at a Christmas party. And the guy was uh, telling Frank, he said, you know, my wife's really plugged into church, and that's great for her. I, I'm, I'm glad for her, but you know what? That, that's her thing. I, I don't need it. Uh, and Frank said, you know, basically, yeah, well, thanks for sharing um, uh, about that. But he said, so I, I'm, I'm interested. You, you say that you're glad that it's good for your wife, and you're glad that she's there, but it's not something that you need. And, and Frank asked him the question. He said, what do you, what do, you do about your sins? Uh, what do you do? I mean, how do you deal with your sins? What do you do uh, about forgiveness? Uh, and the man looks at him. He says, you know what? He says, over the years, he said, I've learned to forgive myself. Uh, he said, I've learned to forgive myself. God and I are just fine. Uh, and Frank said, I wouldn't bet the ranch on it. Uh, so uh, the, the first story I share with you, and, and I share it because one of the things that, that we're confronted with, not just in this portion of Matthew's gospel, one of the things the scripture confronts us with again and again and again uh, is our need for a savior. Uh, again and again and again, uh, we're confronted uh, with the need for a Savior. This amazing good news, which we hear in Matthew's Gospel, uh, that God fulfills His promises, that God is coming um, into the world to be with His people, that He's coming into the world to save and to deliver His people, um, also makes known to you and to me what we often try, if not to uh, ignore, we try to address and redress it on our own, try to be our own saviors, try to be uh, the own people to take control uh, of our lives, of the lives of the people um, around us, uh, try to deliver ourselves. And so we're first confronted uh, with this word that we are people who are in need um, of a savior. Uh, and there's no way um, for us to get around it. We are not um, sufficient unto ourselves. Uh, we are people who are in need of a Savior, uh, and we're challenged not only with that, but one of the things we're challenged with as well, wonderfully, is the specificity uh, of it also. The second story I, I share with you was another gathering. Uh, I was with some friends, and, and we went to this little, kind of this tiny restaurant. There it was this sort of one long uh, bar there, and there were maybe about 10 stools there. And I was with a couple of my friends, and there were three other people in there. There was a couple... And there was this guy, and as I mentioned, it was a little tiny place, and so we're all sitting there um, next to one another, and it's, you know, it's, it's the holidays, and everyone's uh, festive, and we're talking, and it's, really, it's a, it's a good time, it's very relaxed. And, and then my buddy points at me and says, you know, he's a priest. Um, and I'm like, Sam, because all of a sudden, you could just, the air went out of the room, it was just kind of like, everyone's like, well, you know, I read the Bible. Um, and, you know, I, I go, and everybody starts telling um, these stories. Suddenly, I'm like, thanks a lot, Sam. Suddenly, everybody felt very judged. It's like, every, all of a sudden, their behavior um, changed, and, and they began to share stories uh, about, you know, again, how they've read the Bible, and how they go to church, and all these sorts of good things. And then the guy, literally sitting right next to me, um, my buddy was asking him, so where do you go to church? And he said, uh, the Cathedral Church of the Advent. Um, and, and my buddy says, well, you must not go very often. Uh, and he's like, so what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, he's one of your pastors. Uh, and I was sitting right next to him, and he, and the, he got this startled look on his face. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Um, and, and he said, how, how long have you been there? And I said, five years. Uh, and the true, true story, five, five years. And, uh, you know, of course, I, I felt terrible. I'm like, uh, my buddy Sam, I'm like, thanks. Uh, you know, but, it, you know, funny, again, you know, 
he's a clergyman. Everybody starts talking about, well, you know, I believe in God. Um, I um, go to church. Uh, I um, read the Bible. And I, and I, I share that story. The, the first it talks about um, the necessity um, for a Savior. We are uh, both confronted by that news, but also wonderfully offered um, a Savior. And I, I share that second story with you because one of the things that we see um, is that God um, comes into the world and he saves us in a very specific way. Uh, he saves us uh, through himself. He saves us um, through his son. We, you know, the kind of the, the, the world, and I know that's rather broad and rather random, wants to say that there's all sorts of, you know, paths to um, salvation and paths to deliverance and paths to knowledge and enlightenment and truth and, and by whatever word um, you want to call it. But one of the things that we see that God wonderfully does is that um, that salvation is accomplished for you and for me um, in a person. It's, it's, it's accomplished for us in a person. Uh, it's in knowing uh, a person, Jesus, but, but more importantly, uh, in his um, knowing us. Uh, and wonderfully, as we uh, talk about the reality of this, the amazing news that we hear again and again and again is the, the proactive and gracious um, nature of God. Uh, that yes, we have that necessity um, for a Savior. Yes, there is one Savior um, in Jesus and who saves us not by um, our merits or, or through our accomplishment, but who saves us by his mercy and through his accomplishment, who comes forth into the world uh, as a child and takes on um, our human nature, uh, that what we call the incarnation, that, that amazing message that God actually uh, in his divine grace and his divine love and his desire, um, yes, to be in relationship with you and with me, but also his desire that he might save us, uh, that he might free us, that he might reconcile us to himself. Uh, he comes and, and takes on a human flesh and human form to accomplish uh, what we can't accomplish on our own. So we talk oftentimes about both the cradle and the cross, and we see um, the way by which uh, he will indeed save us, the way by which he will indeed reconcile us, the way by which we will be made God's sons and daughters, the way in which we'll be freed and made whole. The provision comes to us um, in a person. It's not in a formula. Uh, it's not um, in a set uh, of rules. It's not in a set of, set of tears that you can make your way up, but it's found in that relationship with Jesus who comes into the world to be both God with us and who comes into the world to be our Savior by his incarnation and ultimately going forward by his cross and by his resurrection. I want to share with you a, a quote uh, from C.S. Lewis, and it's uh, from his book Miracles, and, and it's one that I have returned to uh, again and again as he wonderfully expresses uh, both uh, the magnificence of the incarnation, but also the magnificence of the gracious character of God in relationship with you and with me, and why this is something um, that we should um, so rightly celebrate and find hope in why we should be people who find um, peace in this and, and a confidence in this, and a confidence that comes not um, from our character, but a confidence that comes from God's character. And as Lewis writes about the incarnation, he writes this, the central miracle asserted by Christians is the incarnation. They say that God became man Every other miracle prepares for this or exhibits this or results from this. And, and listen to what he says. In the Christian story, God descends um, to reascend. In the Christian story, God descends to reascend. And of course, uh, during this 
Christmas season, we, we celebrate and we remember and give thanks for a God who didn't remain distant or indifferent from us, but a God who descends um, to you and to me, a God who descends in order that you and I might be lifted up. In the Christian story, God descends to Rhea and he comes down, down from the heights of absolute being into time and space, down into humanity, down to the very roots and seabed of the nature he has created. But he goes down to come up again and bring the ruined world up with him. One has the picture of a strong man stooping lower and lower to get himself underneath some great complicated burden. He must stoop in order to lift. He must almost disappear under the load before he incredibly straightens his back and marches off with the whole mass swaying on his shoulders. Or one may think of a diver, first reducing himself to nakedness, then glancing in midair, then gone with a splash, vanished, rushing down through green and warm water into black and cold water, down through increasing pressure into death-like region of ooze and slime and old decay, then up again, back to color and light, his lungs almost bursting, till suddenly he breaks surface again, holding in his hand the dripping, precious thing that he went down to recover. He and it are both colored now that they have come up into the light, down below where it lay colorless in the dark, um, he lost his color too. That so wonderfully expresses uh, the amazing message uh, of the gospel that Matthew begins to introduce uh, from the very beginning. Uh, from the very beginning of the gospel, Matthew talks about the birth uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, yes, the birth of Jesus, but also he gives them that title as well, Christ, the Messiah, the Deliverer, took place in this way. And we hear all of the miraculous ways, and we hear of God's incredible intervention from the very beginning. Matthew makes known to us undeniably that this is not just any birth. Um, this is the birth, this is the birth of a Savior. What uh, Lewis describes, uh, God descending to reascend, God coming down to seek that which is precious to him. That amazing message um, to you and to me uh, that despite uh, all of our uh, sins and stiff-necked ways, despite all of our resistance uh, and rebellion uh, and running, that God in his grace and mercy seeks us uh, in Jesus Christ. He comes down uh, to become colorless, that he might deliver us, that we might be filled with color, that we might be that precious thing which he has come down to save. And so what I, I hope to hold out to you uh, this evening is this, is the amazing message that yes, we do desperately um, need a Savior, uh, but more than that, the way that God graciously provides for us uh, in Jesus Christ, that he has in fact come and take on our human nature, that he might identify with you and with me. The reality that in all of the trials and challenges and temptations and doubts and struggles and um, all those things that you and I experience, he comes down uh, to take those upon himself and, and indeed identify with those. Uh, but finally this, not merely um, to identify. It's, it's great if someone identifies um, with you, isn't it? But at the same time, we need more than someone to identify with us. We need someone to deliver us. Uh, and we hear, in fact, um, that he has come, um, yes, to identify with us, to take all of that human nature upon him, but ultimately um, to rescue us, to redeem us, to reconcile us to God.
uh, and that he has done so by taking on um, our human nature, uh, bearing it um, faithfully and fully and finally, uh, and ultimately and finally through the cross and the resurrection um, to be our Savior. Uh, And as we hear that, uh, I invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you to hear again uh, the message that you are not um, distant or indifferent, uh, but that you um, descend uh, into um, your creation. You descend uh, into our lives, most gracious God, miraculously to seek us as something uh, and as someone who is precious to you. We give you thanks that you have Uh, Yes, identified with us, but also that you are our Savior and our Redeemer. Lord, I pray that we would know the truth of your love and mercy, your identification with us, and that you would draw us to you as you draw yourself to us, uh, that we might know you um, indeed as God with us uh, and indeed as our Savior. Uh, And these things we ask, and again ourselves we offer in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.